This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's time for the Weekly Scramble, Reavers, Fratelloni, and... uh, you know, Mike, oftentimes <laughs> when we start the show, I'm, uh, I'm usually in a good mood. Mm-hmm. I see, you, I only get to see you once a week. We always have a good time when we do the program. And I got to tell you, I'm having a crappy day, and you found a way to make it worse. I, I love the fact that I came in and I said, have you ever heard of this woman named Black China?" Which I like, had not ever heard of her name. And I, then I said, well, of course, she's Rob Kardashian's ex-girlfriend, or she's dating Tyga. Yeah. And you were like, I don't know any of those people. But then... I reported something really interesting. So I guess this Black China, she's a pretty girl, right? Sure. And she has found like a new, um, kind of her New Year's resolution really kicked in well for her. She stopped drinking and she's kind of experiencing this renaissance in life. And God bless her. Hopefully that works out for her. But she was a a, a person on this website called OnlyFans. And I'm sure no one on this show (laughs) has ever heard of this. But OnlyFans is a site that you can post provocative photos or any kind of photos of yourself. And people pay to see those. Well, this black China reportedly made $240 million in 2001 on OnlyFans. And what did she go ahead and do? She shut it off because she said, I'm not drinking anymore. I don't want to show myself like this anymore. $240 million. She is aware, though, that, that there was a, a famous line that a person I used to work with uttered, and I've, I've always used it and will use it with my children. The internet is forever. Mm-hmm. Once you put something on the internet, it doesn't matter how how often you delete it or how many times you think you got rid of it. Someone's got a copy of it somewhere. Reavers, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. All right. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, I would not put on the internet for $240 million. People could see every square inch of my anatomy, but the difference, Reavers, the difference is There's no, no one wants to. No one wants to. So when they say, oh, men and women are, are totally the same, no. 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 Because some guys are willing to spend $240 million of their collected dollars to see Black China, and there is not a guy on OnlyFans that's making more than $19.99 a month. No. Right? I just promise you that. To the point where... You had mentioned this story while Joe was still in the other room, and, and Joe says, I got to get me one of them OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. I think we should open an OnlyFans page. Oh, you know what it is? Dear God. It's the next extension of the town council, right? You could Kenny could get oh, one. Sure. Right? A lot of people might be into that. Sure, yeah. Kenny's that kind of guy, right? Well, it's, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Did you see Chris Rock's special? I watched a few clips that I saw that surfaced online the next day, and I thought, oh, okay. He was very, very uh, interesting, and one of his jokes, kind of anecdotes, he was telling a story about Beyonce and Jay-Z, Yes, and he said, Beyonce is so incredibly talented, and so beautiful, and just so unbelievable that everybody loves her. He also said that she could be working at Burger King, and Jay-Z would walk in, see her, and say, I have to have you, you're mine, you're my girl. And then he took it the inverse, that if Jay-Z was working at Burger King... It ain't going to happen, no, right? No, not saying, I need some of that. I need that fry cook back there. He needs to be mine. But that, I thought that was kind of poignant. I thought Chris was right on that. It's like, yeah. Uh, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Certain people just, Black China, God bless her. Good for her. I'm excited for her. All right. So I I have a few stories that might could, could lead us into that. And one of them has to do with your favorite sport, golf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your guy, Tiger Woods, is in it again. Is he? 
You didn't see this. I have not. I like oh, I, when I walked in. I said I have not seen anything. So excited. So Tiger Woods, and this is a couple of days old, but I oh. wanted to bring it up with you on this on this show. Okay. Tiger Woods is now asking a Florida court to force jilted ex-girlfriend Erica Herman to abide by their non-disclosure agreements, arbitration provisions, and fight him behind closed doors as their legal battle heats up or heats up post-split. The 47-year-old fired back in a new filing obtained, claiming that the argument is utterly meritless and a transparent abuse of the judicial process that undermines the purpose of the federal statute. And who? Okay, let's just cut to the chase here. Tiger got caught again. Did he get caught again? Well, wouldn't you assume that that's what happened? No, here? maybe they just fell out of love. So if you're unfamiliar, Tiger was dating. She's been with this gal for a few years yeah, now, I think, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, she was one of the managers at a restaurant he either owned or frequented. Okay. Right? So she wasn't a supermodel or anything, and she's a nice-looking gal, whatever. So she is suing Woods Trust for $30 million because she claims that's the reasonable rental value of his house for the five years remaining on their alleged oral agreement. So... Tiger, in an mm-hmm. effort to get her out of his house, had said, hey, we're going on vacation. This is true. Grab a bag. Get your stuff. Yep. We're going to go on vacation. So she did, and he changed the locks. Wow. On the house. That's. I mean, I hope he would give her some. That seems a little cheesy, right? You have to sit down like a mature man, and you have to say, hey, this isn't working. Right. And then she has to say, I totally agree with you. And then she says, write me a check for $30 million. <laughs> Just- and he says, no, I'm not going to do that. Right, but the fact that he had a basically a uh, what do you call it uh, when you get married uh, a prenuptial. Thank or you. He had one of these yes. for a girlfriend. Yeah, is hilarious to me. And there's some new laws that invalidate NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, that when when they speak about potential sexual abuse that could pierce that NDA. Right. Oh, I didn't so know that. So if she claims sexual abuse, then her NDA is invalid. Which sexual abuse can mean a lot of things. It can, of course, mean sexual abuse, or it can mean that he didn't come home at night, or whatever. You know, whatever she wants it to be. Okay, I didn't know right? that. Right. So, and that well, that's just an interesting factoid that I'm reading on the internet as you told me this story. I did hear about this story. I find it very sad for both her because I, I have nothing against this Erica Herman. She's a fine gal, but for Tiger because that means Tiger can just never meet somebody and ever have because he knows at the end of it she's gonna say. I want $30 million. I need, I need mine. Right? Yeah. yeah, like I need to get something. I, I, I can never really love you, Tiger, because Tiger's not an, like, he's not a guy you wouldn't want to date, right? He's rich. He's cool. He's relatively handsome. Is he, though? I, I think I think people would want to date him. All right. Right? I mean, he's he's the best at the world, in the world at something. Was. Right? Was. Yeah. But And there's some cachet to that, right? He's got a lot of things going for him, but he can't just go meet some gal. What he needs True. to do is he meet a, needs to meet a gal like Giselle Bonshin. Where he says, she's already got enough money. She already is the top of her league. So if we split, we just split. We don't have to like, oh, okay, now you, you, I, you know, because it is kind of like she's living this life with Tiger for multiple years. I mean, many, many years. And now, hypothetically, she needs to go back to being a waitress or a bar manager. That might be kind of difficult, right? Right. I guess now you're, you've got me thinking because I remember... This was a few years ago, and I can't remember if it was a, an interview or what, but I was watching something where I don't even remember who the celebrity was, but it was a it was a very attractive woman 
in her mid to late 20s talking about how difficult it was mm-hmm. to date. Mm-hmm. And and I remember thinking, oh, come on. But the, as the story kept going, I thought, well, oh, she's making a lot of decent yeah. points here. Um, because she was very successful, had a ton of money, but said, there isn't someone I can possibly meet that doesn't know who I am, doesn't mm-hmm. know how much money I'm worth. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess that would be kind of difficult. I find it impossible to date because my wife gets super pissed. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, that's it? a good okay. point. I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, so I'm I'm on Tiger's side on this, and I'm on her side. I get her point, right? I don't want her. The moment I won't get her point is when she starts talking badly about t- Tiger. Oh, sure. Right? If she just kept it like, hey, Tiger, come on, you you brought me to a different world. But wouldn't that but be But they're part, not married at the same time. But wouldn't right? that be part of the non-disclosure agreement that the, absolutely would no be. disparaging remarks, yep. you can't go to the press, you can't do a book, you can't do any of that stuff, right? And the agreement might say, hey, if you stay quiet, you get, you know, 200,000 bucks a month for the rest of your life or oh. something. It, it might really do that. Man. I don't know. Yeah, so a, so he's out there just looking for love because he's a places. normal, normal guy. He's just looking for it, and he just can't find it. Yeah. I, I, you know what we should do is we should set him up with those gals from It's Just Lunch, so I bet you they'd do just great. Well, that transitions to where I was going to go next mm-hmm. because there is a story <clears throat> out of, oh, don't do this to me right now. A pop-up. I bet you it's a pop-up. It, it is. Um, oh, darn it. Well, in any event... I, I thought prison might be a good spot for him because I think it was Michigan, but okay. I because it, it it the story just went away. But the gist of it is, uh, there was a sting at a prison. I'm just gonna say Michigan. I can't remember sure. if it was a state or not. We're we're a not a fact based. No, show. not at all. Not yeah. even remotely yeah. close. In which 18 female prison guards have been fired, and some are now subject to prosecution for having relationships with the inmates. Really? And I thought. 18. That seems like a lot. And all of them obviously were female. And I'm thinking, huh. Huh. And I know a couple. In fact, I I texted this story to a female friend who just so happens to work at a prison. Mm -hmm. And her response was, bleep you, Reavers, not funny. Yeah. I thought, oh, I was just kidding, you know. Yeah, I was. Because apparently... Um, they're monitored so heavily that that just don't even joke about this. Um, you know, ten percent of the population says yes to everything, right? Just to anything. You okay. ask ten people, ten one in ten is going to say something, okay. right? And I bet you these gals get hit on so much in a prison that they hit their one in ten mark. At it some just point takes in time. one vulnerable. It just state. takes. It's like the the one guy named Steve finally says, "Hey." Sharon, I've always liked you. Would you? And the, she says, "You know Sharon. what? I'm just making it up." Like I was just thinking, Stephen Sharon from X. Uh, uh, what was that show on? Good Channel company. 5? Good company. Yeah, Stephen Sharon. That's all I could think of. Stephen, of course, was a prisoner, God. and Sharon, of course, was the the prolie or the the jailer. Yeah. I don't know. It seems okay. Yeah, I, I liked it. Did you watch the Oscars? Did you talk about this on Garage Logic? <laughs> Wait a minute, you're all over the map right well, now. Well, did you have more you to talk about? No, no, no. But you just went from equating good company Stephen Sharon to a Situated prison guard relationship. Yeah, but anybody that watched Good Company knows exactly what I'm talking about. Well, were they not some, an item in real life? I think they were married. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in prison, obviously. <laughs> Just making that up. <laughs> Who's on fire today, though? Did I watch the Oscars? Let me answer it this way. I used to work for a station that's owned by this uh, mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. that's just down the hall that talks about celebrity gossip. Okay. And even when I worked at that station, I didn't want to watch the Oscars. Really? Okay. Well, I just, 
And even though one of my favorite movies was nominated for Best Picture, and it still did nothing for me. And that really got jilted. That that didn't get any time. Cruise didn't even show up. Well, because he knew they weren't going to win. Okay. Right? Do I you mean, think he I, called up and said, hey, if I'm not winning, I'm not coming? And well, said, don't you think that that's got to be the reason? He's well, yeah. Tom freaking he's Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. He doesn't need to show up. What's no. he going to do? And plus, plus it, was, it was winning for best pitcher, not best actor, true. too. So yeah, he wouldn't exactly. even gotten anything. And the other thing is, I used to be a fan of Jimmy Kimmel. Back in the day, yeah. but boy, has he turned into a you know what? He wasn't. I'm I'm fine with political humor that hits both against and for my way, right? Sure. And he had some stuff. I think all of his political humor just kind of was. It didn't. It didn't really click. No well, one was really laughing. Nobody, it was a very respectful show. Nobody on late night anymore. And Joe brings this up all the time, but nobody on late night anymore is worth staying up to watch. No, it doesn't seem. Nobody. No, and well, really, nothing's worth staying up to watch past like nine thirty. Because you can always watch it in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you could just do it. But I was wondering if you caught the best actor category. No. So there was a gentleman and a fine actor named Brendan Fraser. I'm sure you remember Brendan Fraser. And from Encino Man. From Encino Man, from yeah. The Mummy, from Georgia the Jungle, from uh, Bedazzled, right? All these classic movies. He won a best actor for a new movie called The Whale, yep. where he wears this fat suit and it was this amount of work he had to go through. And when he won... You can see in his face, pure like, oh my God, I, I'm reborn. I am alive again. I cannot believe this happened to me. It was, it almost made you tear up because he was just so genuine. Well, he had kind of stopped acting in the mid 2000s, like 2008, kind of like he just fell off. Then the internet had him, oh, he's dead or he's 400 pounds. I mean, they really kind of threw him under the bus, right? Sure. And there was a bunch of stories about, you know, once a heartthrob, now it just, you know, just kind of aged poorly. And he, he's, you know, in all due respect to him, he's not the best looking guy anymore, right? He's a bigger guy and doesn't look as cool as he did when he was a young, handsome man. But when he won, Reavers, you just looked at him and said, there's a guy who's having a rebirth right now. He just, he kind of alluded to the fact that he was down in a hole at one point in his life where he never thought he'd come back out of this. Mm -hmm. And now he's at the pinnacle of his profession. He just, he can say, I both starred in Encino Man with Pauly Shore and I won an Oscar for Best Actor. I mean, that is really, really an amazing story. And it, you know, you never know because this might... you know, lead to more success in acting. You, you know, yeah. he's now an Academy Award winning actor. He's going to get more parts. For right? sure. And yeah. it's not just going to be George of the Jungle. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. But I think the way that Hollywood tends to carry itself, the collective Hollywood tends to carry itself, they just, they are so far removed from the rest of us. It's not even that you can suspend belief anymore that, well, they're, they're, they're just actors. No, it's the way that they look down upon us peasants, us normal folk. That's what I can't stand about Hollywood. I get it. You know what I mean? I, no, I get why they would do that. How would you like to walk into a shopping mall <laughs> and have someone run up and throw their arm around you and take a selfie? How would you like to be sitting in a restaurant and someone walks over to you or is taking pictures of you on the other? And I get you signed up for it, Yep. right? You 100% signed up go. for it, yep. but that would grow so tired. You know how those days where you just kind of feel like crap, you didn't shave, you just, you're wearing the same underwear you had the night before because <laughs> you just threw a pair of sweatpants on to go up to, there's none of that. None of that you can do in when you're a star because you are being looked at, measured. Someone puts up a bad post of you going into your dentist because you have a, a toothache and you're on the internet looking like a doofus for the rest of your life. But I there, think that would be tough. There was a great quote that I saw and it's just basically talking about amplifying. Mm -hmm. And the gist of it was, 
if you're a good person, money will only amplify that. Same mm-hmm. thing if you're a bad person. Sure. Your money's only going to amplify that. Meaning where if you, you know, you're just a normal person, but all yeah. of a sudden you come into fame, you probably are going to maintain being a good person. You just have a much bigger platform. You have a, a much bigger wallet, obviously. Whereas if you're a jerk, you're going to become an even bigger jerk. I would like to petition the University of Minnesota to do a study on that. And they'd give me like a bunch of money. Well, yeah, they especially when they're asking like, for $100 and, million from the state right now. Yeah, that's right. They could just give me yeah. like five of those million, and I'll go ahead and see. You can measure me over the years and say, no, Not Mike, that. you're still a doorknob, or <laughs> I could become a real genteel. I don't know. I don't know. Just think of that. It's I'm willing to put my body out there for science. How were the ratings? Were the ratings reflective uh, I think they, no, of that? I think they were like three times better than last year. Really? Yeah, and, and don't quote me on that, but I heard it kind of made a resurgence. And it was a little different because last year, remember, that some of the stars were at like tables, like little vignettes. Mm-hmm. Remember where, uh, um, what's his name, the guy who slapped the other Will guy? Will Smith Will slapped Smith. Chris Rock. He, he was sitting at like a table with his li- wife, like they were at a cocktail bar. Now this one was at the normal place. Everyone was sitting like in a theater. They looked real good. There wasn't any, I, I've been laughing because, the, remember the movie, The Hunger Games, where they'd show people wearing these audacious, like weird outfits. Okay. And then you get to like the Met Gala and I'm like, is this a scene from Hunger Games where where everyone's just dressed like in the weirdest thing? Well, people were dressed elegantly. They looked pretty good. Although there was this gal who had a white hat on that was roughly the size of a trash can lid behind her head. And I just thought, what a mean, not means not the word I was thinking, but she's sitting there in aisle number seven or in row number seven. There's a couple people behind her staring into the back of a white, <laughs> you know, trash can lid. And you're thinking, I'm going to the Oscars. This is going to be unbelievable. The best of the best of the best. I'm going to see all these people. And you're stuck behind this doofus. I couldn't believe it. Well, she made I'm, the rounds on Twitter of like the most disgusting, selfish thing to do. It's the same thing. Uh, this happened to us a couple of years ago where, um, uh, oddly enough, uh, we went to a baseball game mm-hmm. out of state. And I remember going, okay, let's, let's get seats. And of course, and it wasn't. Packed, so this the, it, it ultimately wasn't a huge problem. But we get to our seats. The boys got their popcorn. Uh, we're sitting down and we're ready to go. And here comes dude and his three bros, oh, and no. they've got this massive. I don't even know what you would call it. An iPod of what they're they're going to record all of these different. I thought, why are you you're yeah. sitting right in front of us? Yeah. So I, I looked at Jess and I just said, let's let's go over. But I just thought, are you freaking kidding me? This is why I don't like going out in public. Yeah, this because I don't want to sit by this guy. As I looked at it, it was an Oscar-nominated songwriter, Thames T E M S, goes okay. viral after blocking audience views at the Academy Award with her huge gown. It was part of her gown. It looked like a hat, but it was just just big flowing gown. I mean, Reavers, it's it's hilarious. I mean, I'm going to show you so people can look this up. Oh, see, I mean, how would you like to that sit would behind make that? me so mad. My brother and I were at lunch the other day, and I don't know if I brought this up on the show the other day you know, last week, or if it's just been something that I've really been noticing. But when people are on their cell phone on speaker yep, and they don't, and they're in a restaurant and they think it's okay to say, no, yeah, Jenny was just at the mall. Oh yeah, you were there too. And it's like, what are you doing? Right. What makes you think as an adult person that I think there's that people who just don't care, mm-hmm. they're just so rude or so oblivious that they would do that. And then there's the rest of us who wouldn't even take a telephone call in a restaurant, <laughs> right? I would get up and run into the bathroom and make the call. A couple of years ago, this happened to me. I'm waiting to get my hair cut. 
at a chain, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to mention the chain because it wasn't their fault. They didn't yeah. do anything wrong. But I'm sure it's sporty. And I'm si- and I'm sitting down, and I'm just waiting for my turn. Right, mm-hmm. waiting for waiting for my name to be called. And a woman walks in with her son, and he gets called. Or no, sorry, she was already sitting there. Her son gets up to go get his haircut, and so she's waiting for him. Yeah. Takes a call on speaker, and it's five minutes in, and I finally I had sunglasses. I, I finally just stared at her, and I'm saying. What what are you doing? Who no, nobody else wants to hear this? How can they be so oblivious? Uh, I don't know. What you should have to just yell. Yes, your your herpes test came back positive. <laughs> just start yelling stuff in the background. Right. So they have to say no, no, no. That's not my herpes test. That's someone else's herpes test. And you have to just yell because we have to do something to bring back the. You know when you look at photos from seventy five years ago and men have a hat on and a mm-hmm. sports jacket and they look real well, sharp. You're going sushi on the bit now. Well. There's something to that, right? Yeah, yeah. You dress up a little bit. My kids... It was an event. Yeah. I mean, my kids go out like they're homeless children, <laughs> right? I mean, they they have almost only sweatpants. And I, I, it's like they've given up and they're beautiful 12, 13, 14-year-old, 15-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. And I like, they're going to school. They have a free day where they get to wear anything they want. What do they wear? Pajamas. Running, no, running shoes and pajama pants, right? And I'm like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Right. I, I just, I don't get it. My I don't kids get have it. pajama day too, and I say the same thing. This is setting them up. Yep. They're going to they're gonna think that this is okay, and it's not okay. You know what you should have your kids do since they're young? Mm-hmm. On pajama day, they should wear a freaking suit. And they should say, We're you know what? We're going to rent a tux. Yeah, they should say, you wear pajamas, right. but I'm a one percenter. I'm going to wear a tuxedo. <laughs> That's a good uh, idea, readers. Number one weekly scramble superfan Kendall wants to give you some information, Mr. Fratelloni. No, this is hey, good. All right. Hey, Kendall. Last week, you had mentioned your love of aviation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and aviation podcasts. Yes. Uh, this is from Kendall. He says, hey, Reeves, as a fellow aviation aficionado, I'm curious as to if Mike has read any of the books by John Nance and Robert Serling. Uh, Roger of Twilight Zone's brother, regarding aviation, fact and fiction, both authors write riveting books. Kendall in Duluth. I have not, but I will absolutely... First of all, Rod Sterling's brother, I didn't know he had a brother, and I thought Rod Sterling either. was the cool... You ever watch The Twilight Zone? Cool oh, show of course, the, yes. Coolest show in the world. Oh, yeah. So if, if uh, Rod's brother had any of that, I would absolutely love it. I'm going to take that, and I'll read those, and I'll do a small book report... Um, either is it multiple books or just one? It looks like it was multiple. Well, then I will do very small book reports on the books I read. What is it specifically about aviation that you find fascinating? I think, um, actually, that was the only time I was mad at Joe Sertry ever in my entire life and all of you guys. Should I tell you the story? Please. Okay. So the only time I've ever been mad at you and and, um, Johnny and Kenny and not so much Joe, but a little bit Joe, they were making fun of rookies airport lanyard that has his best service, right? And I was infuriated because service is something we should hold in the highest regard, right? And Rookie does it with full esteem and gravitas. And he is proud of those awards. And you guys were given a bunch of crap. And I'm like, what? He should be proud that he's winning these best service awards. Well, you got to realize why we were making fun of him. Okay. Because he's rookie. It's well, number one, it's because he's rookie. Hmm. Number two, how should I phrase this? It's one thing to uh achieve all of those various awards. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely something you should be proud of. Deserves a bunch of respect, yeah. It's another thing to five days a week wear it as 
as if it's a necklace that you just won <laughs> WrestleMania and plop it in front of a camera where you know thousands and thousands of people are going to be seeing it every single day. That's a good point because I came in one of the days and he had it on and that's what reminded me of that story. And I right. thought, huh, why is he wearing it? Because he wasn't at the airport. He was here at the studio. And so. again, I love Rook like he's my brother. Yeah, yeah. I really do. That's why you can give him such crap. And that's why I can give him crap. Yeah. But it's also... Rookie has a kind of a different mindset about things like that and getting noticed. And not that mm. I mind getting noticed. You know, you were with yeah. me once when it happened yeah, at the fair. Yeah, more than once, a bunch of times. Yeah. And but rookie, not only yes. does rookie love it, he if he could walk around with "I'm the rookie", rookie. sign yeah. with an arrow pointing down at the top of his head, he'd do it. We should get him a shirt that says "I'm the rookie." He, with a point, a pointer you're assuming going up. He already does a okay. one. Well, okay. So my whole point, my whole genesis of the story is he. Um, I picture him at the airport, and when I think what happens at an airport, that Reavers, we can drive from our houses twenty minutes to get to the airport, and in seven, eight hours, we can be in a totally different world. Yep. Right. I mean, it's just uh, things that used to take. Um, a thousand people, a thousand days to walk there, and half of them would be dead. We can do in. A handful of hours. The and convenience just, of flying is something. It's tomorrow. unbelievable. Yep, yep. And how if if uh, aviation fuel goes up one penny, it costs um, you know Delta three million bucks. I mean, it's unbelievable the math on it. And I often thought if I hadn't been born into the hardware industry, as I, you could call me a prince, I, like my dad was the king of hardware, I'd be a prince. You can call me that. I don't know if that's right, but you could call me that. Some I wouldn't call me that. Call you yes, that. yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, princess. I think is what they call me. But. Um, I think I would have loved to be in that industry. I don't even like, I don't enjoy flying overly much. Like, I don't hate it. I, th I find it fascinating that this, you know, 30,000 ton thing, however much they weigh, lifted off into the air. That seems impossible to me. I right? would be in the same boat as you and utterly fascinated and, and be obsessed with the process of it mm -hmm. if I didn't have to do it with 500 other people. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like I've I've said this a million times on, on this show with you. I love to travel. I hate the process of flying. I I just I just despise every part of it. You know what you should do is on your next employee review, right? When you when they're going to renegotiate your next contract, I just try to lay low and then yes. they just kind of say, "Oh yeah." Well, if they bring it here? up, like if they bring it up, you can say, "I don't want any money because money's overrated." What I want well, is one ride on the corporate jet that I gets me to some place. I, and I don't quote me, but I'm almost positive I am the only member of Garage Logic to have not been on that plane. I don't mean to brag, but I've You've been on been that plane. I know. <laughs> That's what I mean. There, there are people that aren't even on the show yeah, that, that, that have been okay. on it. And, but that's fine. Well, I, that would I don't be care. pretty cool. That's a, it's a pretty cool setup. So, yeah. you know, the only problem is, is the cost of that flight wherever you go might be maybe more than your raise might be. So yeah. they might have to negotiate. And it. see, I would just feel guilty. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it'd be awesome. I would never turn it down, but I'd say, well, I don't need to be on that. You can use it for somebody else. I have some good family friends that have a dog that want to travel, right? And they're a little older <laughs> okay. and they have a dog and they, and they, it becomes super stressful for them to travel. And I said, why don't you just see how much it is to fly private with your dog? It will be super stress-free. And I, I did the math and to get them down to where they wanted to go, it was, it was $28,000 to go one way. And I said, it's $28,000. And this person said... The chances of me spending twenty eight grand to fly for three hours are zero, and I was like, "Oh, you okay. know, you might know a guy. Yeah, that's not against road tripping. Yes, that would do it for that much, would just much cheaper. Drive them down there. You could just be their driver and throw the dog in the back and say, "Dog, we're making a road trip. Here we go. Would you do a road trip? Let's say uh, to Florida. Would you try to do that all in one drive, or would you? You'd have to stop. I 
Because that's 25 hours, I think, of of driving. I would try to do as much as I possibly could in one day, but just from a safety standpoint, sure. you almost would have to stop and sleep somewhere. Can't you just buy a couple more Red Bulls and roll? I've tried that before, and that's not really no, smart. You get the jitters. Well, and, yeah, you're yeah. just you're better off just crashing for a night, yeah, and then yeah. it's, it's split it up into two twelves, and it's perfect. It's nothing, right? Reavers, I couldn't do that. My life depended on it. So good for for you. I've waited to bring this one up Mm -hmm. to you, and and I did read this on GL, but I got no traction with the guy that normally sits in that Mm -hmm. chair. But I wanted to bring this up with my guy, Fratelloni, and I just want to get your reaction. Okay? Absolutely. This is what I'd like to call Welcome to America in 2023. Oh, no. Are you ready? Uh, Here we go. The IRS is in the news. Hmm. You know, it's tax time. Sure. KellerTaxService.com if you haven't made your That's appointment That's Lisa yet. from Forest Lake. Linda. Okay. From Sock Center. Okay. But thank you for bringing that up again. I really appreciate that. According to IRS Publication 525, Michael, hmm. taxpayers are now legally required to report the value of whatever property that they stole during the previous tax year. Are, are you kidding me? If you steal property, you must report its FMV, which is fair market value, in your income in the year that you steal it. However, you may remove it if in the same year you return that item to its rightful owner, the rule reads. The same rule apply applies to bribery, drug deals, and other income-earning crimes. The IRS purportedly uses the information solely for tax purposes and does not hand over any evidence to law enforcement. The only situation where law enforcement may have access to the information is through court orders. Uh, did you have a Roycey-like guest attack I there? did, but okay. there was another line that I wanted to get to you. But I, I am, my mouth is agape. This is shockingly weird. And the it, IRS you almost are looking at me like this, you're this making this has got to be an onion thing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a making Babylon this up. B story. I am looking at the IRS page at irs.gov. So do you think you know how some of those the mobsters that they get? They can't get them on the crime, but they get them on tax evasion. That's exactly what Johnny said. Really, That's the exact same thing. Johnny how said. interesting. But but you think. Obviously, in today's culture, you know, you could have, you could put out your, uh, someone's going to grab your taxes off of some internet site. It's Income always available. from illegal activities such as money from drug, uh, from dealing illegal drugs must be included in your income on Schedule 1, Form 1040, Line 8Z, or on Schedule C, Form 1040, if from your self-employment activity. If you steal property, you must report its fair market value uh, unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. America. So... You know, you know how I love uh, rioters and looters. Right? Sure. You know, I, I'm a big yeah. fan yeah, of them. Yeah, you are. You are. So, do you think those those guys, kids that went in and stole all the stuff from Target? Yeah. They're gonna have to file taxes now. I suppose. So hypothetically, we can't arrest them for looting because that's we're not gonna well, do breaks that. Breaks the rule. Yeah. But. If they're not reporting that ill-gotten gains, those stolen goods, then we can get them for tax evasion, which, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'd much rather go to jail for stealing than tax evasion, because tax evasion, they get you, right? Mm-hmm. That might just be our thing that we can bring to the American consciousness to say, hey, 
we're going to get these people for tax evasion because we know they stole something. We watched them steal something. So when you see that guy go in with a garbage bag and a bike and he's in a Walgreens out in uh, Seattle or San Francisco or Northeast Minneapolis, or Northeast Minneapolis and he just does it and he just rides out. Now that guy has to report that. And if he doesn't, he's evading his taxes. And complete, You don't want to mess with the IRS. And completely unrelated, uh, yeah. Target did announce that it's closing its uptown location. Yeah, isn't that just shocking? Well, I, I love how, the, and I'm not ripping Target. Mm. They they said, well, it, this doesn't make sense for us to have sure. this store. It's losing money. Yeah. And I mean, oh, you, how greedy. No, that that's what a store is supposed yep. to do. Yep. That, that's how it works. It was is, in a tough spot, too. It's in the basement of an apartment complex. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a freestanding big store. It just right. wasn't a very good store. But when you're getting robbed left and right. That would grow tiring. Right? I'd say, uh, you know what's really weird is we have a lot of property in Uptown. We have store in Uptown. Uptown's a very good area. Like it's there's action and it's fun and things are going on. It's it's got some crap going on, right? Yeah. But people are still reinvesting back. They're opening back up. Is it the Lagoon or the Uptown oh, Theater? Oh, I didn't know that. They are. Yeah, I mean, it, like stuff's starting to happen again, and I I'm hoping that was just a five-year or four-year blip of crap that's happened in Uptown because it still has this this density that no other place in Minnesota has. I will say when I, in fact, when I first started working here, um, I we were in Uptown a lot either mm. for work events or there was a lot of people that lived in that area that worked here, so we would do happy hours once in a while there. Yeah. And I remember it was maybe not once a week, but a couple times a month, that was just the place. Yeah. And it was fun. And it, you didn't... You didn't really feel like you were unsafe. You didn't feel as though you were in harm's not 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 anything like that. I wouldn't be caught dead there right now. Yeah. In all honesty, yeah. I have no. Again, I'm not also not in my twenties anymore. Sure. And I have ki- I get all that, but even if I didn't, I don't think I would even want to go there right now. Yeah, I remember in years past we used to be in Uptown and walk back to my brother lived on Emerson or whatever you know up in yep. Uptown. Yep. And we used to walk back to his house and we'd go. Out. You didn't think one thing. I mean, some cars like you'd see a car with a window knocked out, right? And you're like, sure. ah, or some cans would be on the sidewalk, right? But it was never like what it is. And I, I honest to God, believe it's coming back. I really do. You do. I, for some reason, I just believe we're going to have. What do you? And all because I'm curious. What What do you base it on? Well, you know, I'm down there a lot, right? Right. So that's I, why I'm, I'm, I'm down there. Yeah. I have a lot invested into that neighborhood, right? And uh, um, both friends and family live there, and and uh, I'm a business owner down there, and, and property owner. And I, I think it's just coming back. It's looking cleaner. It's um, a little less, you know, homelessness around. Um, you know, and it may be just right in our immediate area where, where I'm at, like stuff's just getting cleaner and staying cleaner, right? Okay. And that, I think cleanliness has a lot to do with it. I know it sounds dumb. I always talk about that broken windows theory, right? So if you have a building and no windows are broken, no one will break a window. But the moment one window is broken, they then all, get, all the windows are yep, yep. And I think we're kind of cleaning it up. Not everywhere, not everywhere. But I think, um, you know, it, it's one thing that really kind of drives me nuts, right? The city of Minneapolis, someone spray paints the side of your building. The next day you get a thing saying, hey, you got to clean that spray paint off or we're going to fine you. It's kind of like getting kicked in the stuff, right? Because now you have to go out and do it. The problem is, is they're right. You got to do it. You got to get those tags right off the building, right off the bat. So it just, it's not, 
people will realize like it's not worth doing. They clean this up right off the bat. It, we can't do it. And it slowly starts to get the neighborhood cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. And they have to stay on top of it. And it's a big job. But I do believe slowly stuff is going to come back to Uptown. Mm-hmm. And maybe the taxation levels in Uptown will start to drop a little bit. So business owners will try to go back in. I have a, a, a acquaintance who owns like the former Apple store right down in that area. And it's like, how would you like to own an Apple store that's empty? And the next guy that's going to come look at it says, oh, was this an Apple store? And you say, yeah. And they'll say, it couldn't make it here. You know, and right. it's got, and it's if one thing. Can't, yeah, can't. If, if, and if an Apple store can't make it, my, uh, my puzzle shop is, uh, how's this one going to do, you <laughs> right. know? And, it, but I, I truly believe that maybe just maybe it's 1979. And what I mean by that is in 1980, a gentleman named Ronald Reagan came into office <laughs> and he made wearing two polo shirts with your collars popped cool. And you just like preppies came back in and everybody looked good. And you saw dudes wearing khaki pants instead of pants lower, lower than their butt. They were just wearing khakis and a polo sweater. And life just was good for about eight years. And I remember those days and I love those days because that's also when I was going through school. Right. right? And I think we're going to get a renaissance back to that time. I really do. And I I could tell from the Oscars, I'm going full circle back to the Oscars where people looked like guys were wearing standard tuxedos. I'm like, hey, you're not wearing a pink jumpsuit. That's cool. I would love, 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 love to share your optimism. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You're a lot smarter about stuff like this than I am. No, no, a business sense and business acumen. You have much more wisdom about this than I do. But I guess maybe it's because I read too much news Mm -hmm. and see way too much detail that I really don't have hope. Yeah, I, I just, I and, guess, I, and just, that's I sad, just don't, right? And that's, and I, I understand that. I feel despondent when I heard that those banks went bankrupt, right? I'm like, you know, that that yeah. oh, Silicon yeah. Valley bank or yeah. whatever it's called. I think oh, now, now what? Well, now please tell me these banks aren't going to start going. And I down. guess I'll go back to Mike. You and I touched on this a lot when COVID hit, George Floyd mm-hmm. hit. It, you know, I and I, I go back to, I was downtown every weekend for five years leading up to when COVID shut everything down first Mm -hmm. and then the George Floyd weekend happened and all hell broke loose. But I I told you this on a personal level and on this show. For five years, I was starting to see things in the city and saying, whoa, wait a minute here. What's what's going on? I've never felt like this before. Mm -hmm. And I'll... 90% 90% of it I wouldn't share publicly or on this show into yeah. a microphone on GL or on our show. But some of the stuff I thought, oh, this isn't... That's, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. To the point where I, I... And I've said this a hundred times. The last time that I felt like downtown specifically, downtown Minneapolis and the city was, wow, this is awesome, was the weekend Prince died. Mm-hmm. And then it just slowly... And I can't remember. Did he die before or after the Super Bowl? I think it was before. It was before okay, because yeah. he there was yeah, rumors that he was going to yeah. do that he was going to do the halftime. Anyway, mm. and I remember thinking it just kind of started to deteriorate after that. And I hope mm. to God you're right because I hope I am too. I used to enjoy being in the city and love, mm. and I, I still do. I mean, I, I obviously work in the city, but you know, we don't ever ever go out in the city anymore as a family for sure. Like even go to a Twins game, we might go to one a year yeah. now. And that's just, that's, that. I, you know what? That sucks. I hate that. Yeah, I think the city, both Minneapolis and St. Paul have to increase their expectations of people. Right. Oh, they need to completely. say, hey, we're not going to do this and your building's going to look better and you're not going to put that sign up and you're not going to stand on the street corner and you're not going to do this. And they need to just bring back this 
definition of excellence that St. Paul and Minneapolis have had for years, right? I, We're not there but now. But I'm afraid that, it, look at every time they're trying to clean out a homeless encampment. Yeah. Look what happens. Yeah. They're au- automatically met with opposition and you can't accomplish, nothing can get accomplished. Which is so weird. When I, when I look at a homeless camp and when we go to clean them up, right? And mm-hmm. the people are screaming because we're taking people who are living in a drug-addled, dangerous tent on yep. the side of the road. And I think, how dare you want... What what thought is it that you're helping these people stay addicted to drugs and yep. mental illness, and you're not wanting to get them into someplace safe where they can recover and be be warm and kind, and you want them to have the... The, it's so audacious that they think that that person's li- living a better life on the street right. than what they do with some help. It, I just it, can't imagine It's a victim it. mentality that not that most of us just can't relate to it. I, in I any just way. don't get it. And I, there's a woman I follow. Her name is Michelle Tandler. I believe mm. she used to work for the San Francisco Chronicle, um, but she's kind of one of these people that you know she leans left politically, mm-hmm. but has been has had her eyes opened to. What's going on? And, and San Francisco is at the absolute center mm-hmm. of a lot of this. Sure. So she retweeted a video that I saw maybe a week ago in which a former property owner in downtown San Francisco said, well, no one believes how bad it is. So here you go. He set up a camera outside of his window mm-hmm. of his business that he that he used to own. He's, he's not there anymore, but sure. he said, no one believes me. Well, here, I'll show you. So he just let this camera roll. Mm-hmm. And roll and roll, in which the street that was in front of his building was just nonstop open drug use, open drug dealing. Yeah. They wouldn't even stop selling drugs when a squad car would be driving yeah. through. Yeah. And it, you know what's the you know what are the police going to do? Yeah, what are the police going to so, do? And he and he would he was basically narrating this and saying, no one believes how bad this is. Well, here you go. Yeah. I don't I don't know what else I'm supposed to do except show you video of what's actually happening here. Yeah, and I'm a big. Proponent of personal freedom, right? Yeah. But I also don't think we should let people kill themselves nope. doing drugs out on the street. I just, I find my, the compassion in me says that doesn't work. No. I can't let people they do that. They need help. Right? Yep. They, they exactly. need help. And they, we, and it's not good for anybody. If I always look at the, you know, when, when people want to make uh, weed legal in the United States or Minnesota, right? They want to make pot legal in the United States, in Minnesota. And I'm like, well, okay, I get personal freedom, but what I want my daughter to do date a kid who smokes pot every day and comes to pick her up? No. And if I wouldn't want it for my daughter, why do I want it for your son or right. your brother? Or, right. you know, it just, it, it doesn't add value. No. It just doesn't add value. And I get the medicinal purposes of it. I get that. The whatever. Tax benefits. And, and the yep, tax whatever. benefits are BS. You have more problems from it than you would tax positive. We got a little preachy, but you know what? I, you know, I like this show today. I did too. I did too. <laughs> and Michael. thanks for that. Uh, the guy who wrote in about the book. Is it Kendall? Yes, Kendall. Thank hey, you very thank much. You, Kendall. He also let us know that the uh, Duluth Mall Roof collapsed because of how much snow. I like that they've had in Duluth. See, that's and a I, good sign. I forgot to give it to Joe, but that's fine. That we we did it on our show first. There so, you go. We anyway. got it. Uh, Rivers, you're the best. Uh, please do us a favor, rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening to the Weekly Scramble. We would truly, truly appreciate it. His name is Mike Fratelloni. My name is Chris Rivers. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers. <laughs>